Welcome to your favorite podcast, I've Been Meaning to Watch That. My name is Monica, and every single week, we ask these kinds of questions. Does extreme violence really add to the plot of a story? Why is it that most kids who watched horror movies growing up love true crime now? And should you really go on a reality show to find love? If you've ever asked any of these questions, or if you're curious to find the answers, feel free to listen to this podcast. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for more updates. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I have been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and I am joined with an awesome guest as always. New guest, new pod, every week. My stellar guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to the people? Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever, what time it is. Uh, my name is Loretto, um, also known as Marcellus Durden on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, thanks for having me, Monica. I'm always happy to talk shop uh, and talk film. It's uh, I'm a film nerd, so that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. Guys, we are back with another episode. Also, want to say at the beginning of the pod, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and also join the Patreon because you can get full access to the full podcast audio before it uploads and the full VOD before it uploads as well. And the VOD is only available on Patreon, the full videos. Highlights on YouTube will be early, have early, you will have early access to them on Patreon too. I know how to speak. I know how words work. Anyways, join the Patreon, follow us on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We are going to be talking about the best movies of 2022. There are a lot of movies that came out this year. But not all of them were as stellar as the ones we are going to be talking about today. But before we get into the best movies of 2022, we are going to talk about the first segment, Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about new releases coming out soon and go over some entertainment news. And one movie that I have seen that's coming out soon that I'm a little interested in, but also a little hesitant to watch, is Knock at the Cabin. It is M. Night Shyamalan's newest film it comes out february 2nd so it's this thursday which is the two days before the podcast uploads on anchor spotify and apple podcast be sure to share with your friends and rate and review us enjoy the patreon but um i'm kind of like i've watched the trailer and i see the cast and i'm a little bit interested in like what the film has to offer but at the same time i'm kind of hesitant towards it because M. Night Shyamalan, even though he is a stellar director, he did also direct the Avatar live-action film. So I am... <laughs> I was like, listen, ever since, like, Avatar live-action and then, like, Glass came out, it's kind of like, mmm. You know, I wanna... I have hope for the movie, but maybe it's not gonna be as good as people think it is. I don't wanna think that, but that might happen. I don't know. What do you think, Lordo? I think with any talented filmmaker it doesn't matter who you are i think every director is entitled to maybe a couple misses mm. um there's a lot of directors out there they've had a couple movies that maybe it just wasn't their best um spielberg you know what have you and look i actually like m night Shyamalan. i like a lot of his work i like um signs unbreakable is one of my favorite like superhero movies that you didn't know was a superhero movie until yeah. you watch it and um, the Village I actually liked more than most people. I know a lot of people like hated that one. Um, 
I liked The Visit, which was kind of like a found footage, creepy old lady movie. And I thought that was pretty scary. Um, but with Knock at the Cabin and going back to like even like The Happening and you know, Glass, which I didn't love. Mm -hmm. Knock at the Cabin kind of feels like a little bit of both of that, like a little bit of old, too, because I old was OK. It was interesting, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know with Knock at the Cabin. I think it's it's like any other Shyamalan picture for me where I'm just going to have to watch it and judge it when when the movie's over. But I like the guy. I think he's talented. And it could be fun. Um, I also like the cast. Uh, Rupert Grint, nice to see him back. Most people know him as Ron Weasley, and mm -hmm. you know, Bautista, Dave Bautista has been doing great. You know, transitioning as a as a, pro, a former pro wrestler. You know, arguably he's doing better than The Rock in terms of like acting, like actually yeah. acting in like good good films, not just action comedies that like The Rock always does. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's exciting. But at the same time, you know, just from the trailer, you know, it's like oh. One of you have to, to has to die to save the world, and it's like such a vague concept. So I'm wondering how they're gonna stretch, how Shyamalan will stretch that out into like a two hour film. It seems so. It's just, it seems like an episode of The Twilight Zone, and it's like, can he stretch this out for two hours? We'll see. I have to say, like <clears throat> in my Shyamalan, I do agree with you. Very talented director and screenwriter as well. Um, with movies like Signs, Unbreakable, The Sixth Sense, that's where he really shines and that's where he got like that name recognition. But something that I've noticed a lot with like directors that have been in the game for a long time, and of course this will happen to anybody, who have made all these films, made a name for themselves, you know, at some point or another you kind of fall off. And your name recognition isn't going to get you any further than, like, you know, that surefire yes from the studio, paycheck up front, full release in all the widest theaters, and then it's just up to the critics from there, you know. At least, like... That's very well said. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. <laughs> so. and like, like, your name can only get you so far at some point. Like, Yeah. yeah. And the thing is about M. Night Shyamalan is that a lot of his movies, you're right, they have interesting concepts. It's kind of vague. So you, it's just like one of those things where it's like, hmm, an island where when you go, you progressively get older. I wonder how that's going to pan out. And then it just gets to the point where you watch the movie and then like 45 minutes in, you're like, okay, so the story's over, but we still have another hour left. What's going to happen? And then you watch it, or it's like with Glass... When it was like, okay, Split was pretty good. Glass, okay, I've been here for an hour and a half. Nothing has happened. Where is the action? Where is the... Like, what am I here to see? You know what I mean? It's kind of like... Right, right. You, I feel like with uh, Night at the Cabin, Knock at the Cabin, it's hinging on the suspense and the kind of like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. But like, we kind of do know what's going to happen. Like, like what... What what twist ending could you really give us for this movie? Like I, I really don't know. So yeah. it's one of those things where you just kind of have to wait and see what's gonna come from the movie. But I feel like we all know that it's probably not gonna be that great. But it may be fun. <laughs> it may not be that great. Who knows? It's funny. It's because you highlighted it. But I'm glad you brought it up. I think we're <laughs> talking about. Yeah. 
Um, next one, 80 for Brady. It's a movie coming out with... <laughs> Why'd you make that face? <laughs> Why'd you make that face? Loretto! No, look... No, like nothing against Sally Field and Rita oh Moreno, and I don't even know Jane Fonda, whoever it Lily is. Lily Tomlin too. There you go, Lily Tomlin. Oh my gosh. I, no offense, I just it just it comes off so cheesy. Of course, it's cheesy. Corny. It is corny. It's a family movie. It's the family movie of the winter. Oh goodness. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You do you Fair. really think Tom Brady wants to be like Tom Brady and Rob? Gronkowski, I think. Gronkowski. <laughs> I, I don't know. Does he play? Gronk for short. Yeah, he's a he's Gronk. he's. Yeah, Does... he was a break like go to guy for a while. So. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I know nothing about sports, so I low key thought he was a hockey player, just because no like how he's built. But <laughs> the fact that he plays football that makes a lot more sense. Cause like, why is a hockey player famous in, the, in America? Right. That's not um, no. So he's a he's a tight end. He's like a big oh. guy, but he catches the ball and and Br- Brady throws to him. So or used to uh, Gronk retired. So oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, it's a movie where these four older women, they are hold on four best friends live life to the fullest when they embark on a wild trip to see their hero Tom Brady play in the 2017 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Goodness. I mean, it's a fun time. It's not meant to be a good movie. It's meant to be a fun time. That's it. And, like, yeah. so far, it seems like people are being fun with it. The only reason why I want to bring this movie up is because Jane Fonda and all her friends are in every single YouTube video on my recommended page, so I cannot escape... I cannot escape it. Like, the promotion for this movie is really good. I'm not going to yeah. lie. The promotion for this movie is great. Like, the press tour they're doing is stellar. Like, no one yeah. even cares that Tom Brady is in it. We want to see the four white ladies. Like, we're here for the... <laughs> we're here for our legends. We're here for the icons. We're here for all the women that have, like, a Tony, multiple Emmys, Golden Globes. Like, we love them. We Oscar stand. winner. Sally Field Oscar, Oscar winner. winner. Yep. Um... Look, I mean, again, I, I totally respect the talent of the group, mm-hmm. but unless their chemistry is there, which I'm not sure, I haven't seen the film or I don't, I haven't been terribly excited for it, but mm-hmm. I grew up on the Golden Girls. So to me, it's like, if they're trying to capture that Golden Girls magic. They got to bring it. They got to have that chemistry. They got to have that, you know, that flair that the Golden Girls had. And if it's not that, it might be a miss for me. I might have to wait till it comes home on on demand or something like that or you know blu-ray dvd whatever you want to call it so yeah i think this is gonna be a movie honestly i may go see this and usually when i see movies like this that are like you see those movies that are marketed for the general public so that Mm -hmm. like you can just go watch it and just have fun and like it's a turn your brain off kind of movie if i have a hard day at work i may just go watch it I might just go to a, <laughs> I might go to movies. I might go to a movie theater and get some popcorn and like a giant diet coke and just be like, you know what? I had too many people yell at me over the phone, so I'm gonna go and have some fun and just ignore my woes. So yeah, like it'll be good for like a laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be good for a laugh. It'll be good to like forget your troubles for a second. And I love Jane Fonda. 
I love Jane Fonda so much. She is amazing. She's one of my favorite actresses. She is such an iconic woman. She's lived such a long and beautiful life. And if she wants to kick it with her besties in a movie with two football players, then that's what she's going to do. And I support that. 100%. I have nothing against that. It's just, <laughs> it, might, it, just, it just might not be for me. But I, I yeah. totally... I would, you know, I, I'm not taking this from anybody. If, if you or anybody else wants to go see it, more power to you guys. I'm sure it'll be funny and fun for you guys. So, All right. So the last thing I want to talk about is this story that um, has been breaking for a while now in regards to Andrea Riseborough's uh, Oscar nomination. I may have said her, said her last name wrong. But basically, she got nominated for Best Actress for this movie called To Leslie, a movie that made $27,000 at the box office. And a lot of people are kind of, you know, speculating as to how she got this nomination because this movie was completely left out of the award season, like, talk. Which, you know, usually if there is a movie that is well-regarded, well-liked, well-reviewed, like... I don't know, let's say nope. Let's say the woman king and then award season comes around and then those names get thrown around, but then you don't see them in the Critics' Choice Awards, the Golden Globes, SAG Awards. You're thinking, oh, maybe it'll be an Oscar surprise. And then out of nowhere, here comes this movie that no one's seen, no one's watched. I didn't see it on my AMC Stubbs app or anything like that. And the lead actress gets Best Actress nomination. Hmm. How does that happen, you might ask? Well, turns out that there were some behind-the-scenes campaigning, but not in the traditional way that you do it for the Oscars. Because I believe it was Denzel Washington, he actually like kind of said this when he won his Oscar a few years back. He talked about how the directors and the producers invited Oscar um, voters over for dinner to see the movie and watch it and wine and dine them. And he was sitting there with his Oscar. And it was kind of like this joke, but also like that is how people get Oscars. You have to do the press tour. You have to go to the luncheon. You have to go on Jimmy Kimmel. You got to go on Good Morning America. You have to wine and dine and, you know, kiss their feet to get your nomination, which is why a lot of movies that were very very well known and very well liked don't get nominated as well like in my mind the first movie that comes to mind is sorry to bother you because i think that movie came out around the same time that black klansman came out and people were talking about whether or not that would get nominated for an oscar but of course boots riley was not really in that director who would go through the whole like um song and dance for an oscar nomination i believe that he did get nominated for an independent spirit award perhaps but i'm not sure if he won that i had to do some research on that but of course, there is a process to getting an Oscar nomination. And if you were in a movie that barely even made $100,000 in the box office and you get the lead actress gets an Oscar nomination, like, how does that happen? Because Brian Tyree Henry got a nomination for Best Supporting Actor, but he was in Castaway. That's on Apple TV. That's on a major streaming platform. And even though a lot of people did not talk about Causeway, I think it's on that Castaway. The movie's called Causeway. Causeway. Yeah. Even though a lot of people didn't talk about that movie, even Jennifer Lawrence was doing promotion for that film as well. And Apple TV is very well regarded as a streaming platform because Coda won Best Picture last year, and that's on the streaming platform. So 
Like, girl, I can't even watch this movie on streaming anyways. So how are you getting an Oscar? Right. No, and from what I understand, like, I don't know all the details, but I guess she was campaigning to the, to a bunch of people in that the industry. Like, like, like you said, like, it was behind the scenes, so no one really knew about it, but I guess she was campaigning to them, like, behind the scenes, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that she is a very talented actress. Like, when I actually looked her up, I do recognize her in some other things that she's been in. And I believe that some of the people that were kind of, like, in her circle that helped her campaign were, um... Let me remember this this man. Was, what was her name? Um, she was in Star Wars. She was in Big Little Lies. Um, crap. Crap. What's her name? Never mind. We're Star skip- Wars lady. Okay. She was in the second Star Wars movie. Not the second one, but like the eighth one. The... Um, Gw- Gwendolyn Christie? No, not Gwendolyn Christie. She was in Big Little Lies. Have you ever seen Big Little Lies? I don't know what that is. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't know Big Little was Lies? She, wait, wait, was, she, was, was she Asian? Oh, no. She's a white woman. Hold on. Carrie Fisher? Carrie Fisher was not in Big Little Lies. Laura Dern. Oh, I don't know. Laura oh, Dern. <laughs> okay. She, like, <laughs> there are people like Laura Dern that helped her campaign. Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. The... So she's, like, she's like, kind of, like, throwing herself at these big shot, like, people, right? Like These people are essentially, like, kind of her friends in the oh, industry. Okay. Are people that she knows. And okay. also, apparently, like, there were a couple people from the cast of Psych. And also, oh. one of the actors from Criminal Minds tweeted about her. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking through the tweets, and their tweets are all copy and paste. Like, they're the same tweets. Being like, please consider Andrea for two Leslie Academy voters. Like, they literally tweeted this out. And the director's wife, who has been in Hollywood for about 20 years, also kind of talked around to some of her friends to get her the nomination as well. And, you know, no one is debating whether or not she deserves the movie, deserves the nomination. How- I heard she was really good in it. Yeah. Like, I heard she's, am- I heard she's amazing, but at the same time, like, it sounds like she went about this in, like, a totally different manner. Almost, like, sh- not shady, but almost doesn't seem ethical, right? Like, Yeah, it's kind of... Like, if you have <laughs> this, if these many questions are being brought up around your nomination, then, like, girl, what do you want me to say? Because, like, yes, a lot of people are saying that her um, performance is praised by critics and it's the best for her career. Good for her. But the thing is, barely anybody saw this movie. And, of course, this also brings up the conversation of, like, a lot of times independent films, they come out and they're released in theaters and they don't get enough of a wide, they don't get a wide enough release or they don't get enough promotion or an advertisement for the studios that are releasing them. Like mm-hmm. one movie that comes to my mind is Widows because Sony, mm-hmm. Sony, I don't know what it is. They are terrible at promoting their movies. How is it that you have a movie with Colin Farrell, Viola Davis, Cynthia and Revo to name a few. Also Liam Neeson in your movie. And yet like, it didn't get enough promotion. There weren't enough ads for the movie. Like, I would have saw the movie. And I know a lot of people that also went and saw the movie. But I know not enough people went to see the movie. But also, this movie was directed by Steve McQueen, who's a phenomenal yeah. actor, who's a phenomenal director. And at least, 
I mean, Widows did not make $27,000 in the box office, but it did not make enough that it should have made with the names on the poster for that film. And to studios... your point, I, I heard about that movie mm-hmm. because of Twitter, and yeah. it was that clip of Daniel Kaluuya yes! listening to the guy yes! rap. That's how I learned about that movie. Yes! And I was like, what is this movie? Yes! I didn't know what I didn't know what it was. Oh like I never heard of Widows. It's mm-hmm. like, what happened? Like, so to your point, that's very, very important. Like the studio has to support and back the film, which unfortunately it doesn't happen for some films. So. Yeah. And this was not some grassroots effort. She went to like A-list stars and celebrities to host who hosted private screenings and, you know, went and talked to industry watchers to try and get this film nominated. And I understand that some movies are released just for, like, critic appeal or just for, like, kind of, like, you know, I you release a movie, it's not really to make big bucks at the box office, it's to release something that is a work of art, something that you're proud of. Oscar and that's... Bait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that, like the industry term. It's an Oscar bait mm-hmm. film. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. And I'm not saying that Andrea is not a talented actress because she is. And I understand that you're proud of this movie and you want to get recognition for this film. But maybe you should have done what everyone else was doing. Maybe you should have went on Jimmy Kimmel, went on Seth Rogen, went on the Kelly Clarkson show, went like... Maybe I should have did the song and dance instead of taking a shortcut because the fact that she has the access, the connections to these well-known, very powerful white people in Hollywood who have these connections to these white Oscar voters when you have huge names like Viola Davis and you have Jordan Peele release these amazing movies that get this a lot of attention. And yet, no love from the award shows. And you get a nomination for a movie that didn't even break even. That didn't even break even. And that most everyday people have not seen. Like, you, like, it's unfair. It's unfair. And And, and I think you you use the right term in terms of shortcut. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of it earlier, but yeah, she took a shortcut to her nomination. And honestly... To speak to what you said, I've seen The Woman King. I've seen Nope. Mm-hmm. Viola's amazing. Kiki Palmer yes. owns Nope. Oh my like, gosh! She is so good. And to be honest, I would have loved to see her get nominated. So just the fact that, you know, this person, I don't know. I can't judge Andrea's person as a character. Mm-hmm. I can't judge her her as a, as a human being. It sounds like she took a shortcut and it's just not fair these other hardworking, talented actresses that, like you said, they did it the right way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And to be honest, I, I'm trying to remember where I've seen her before. She's been in a lot of independent films before, such as um, Birdman, also Nocturnal Animals, The Death of Stalin, Battle of the Sexes, to name a few. The Kindness of Strangers. So. And she's also, she was also in Black Mirror before. So it seems that she is kind of this um, kind of indie darling in a way in yeah. terms of her career. 
And I get being in the industry for a long time and wanting the recognition and the award and wanting people to know your name, be in the glitz and the glamour, and maybe wanting to be in the spotlight every once in a while. But you're taking this away from other people that have, you know, have worked hard as well. And of course you can't compare box office numbers or how much a movie makes in the box office to how good a film is. That's not the right way to measure how great a film is really because there are a lot of movies that make a lot of money at the box office and they suck. But <laughs> movies like Nope, Black, The Woman King, and also Till, which also came out. You, it, I, you can't you can't convince me that this isn't just like BS. Like Gina Prince, the person directed Women King, the amount of time and effort and skill and research, like she said, no stunt doubles. You do your own stunts in this movie. Like they went in on this film. The way that Daniel Kaluuya and Jordan Peele came together again to make another masterpiece. Like the fact that Till, which was a movie that I, previously on my podcast said I would not watch because I do not like biopics. However, I appreciate that the film focuses on the mother story and how she felt dealing with that, which is a great reflection of how a lot of parents feel with their young kids and the troubles that they may face living in a society that automatically looks at them as threats. To have these films out in theaters and to be seen by open audiences is amazing and two leslie deserved a wide release as well it deserved to be seen by many audiences or at least to be released on streaming services which a lot of indie movies do not get the chance to do because distri distribution is like i don't understand it in hollywood and it kind of sucks especially for independent films like of course more people should have seen this movie and i feel like if more people got the chance to see the movie maybe the nomination would have been justified, you know? But we still would have figured out that she went to Gwyneth Paltrow, Amy Adams, Laura Dern, the the wife of the director, that guy from, like, Psych. To push yourself to get this nomination that you didn't work for. You didn't work for, you didn't campaign for. Like, if she wins that Oscar over Michelle Yeoh, Babe. Yeah. She's going to have to answer this for the rest of her career, too. Like, she's this is going yeah. to follow her. She's never going to live this down. People are going to ask her this in every interview. They're going to bring up her every press junket. The next movie you do, if you get another nomination, people are going to accuse you of taking another shortcut. You've basically, yeah. like, gone through a way to get this award and denied any integrity to your name. Yeah. And to be fair... Um... There's no way Kate or Michelle Yeoh doesn't win this. I mean, Kate Blanchett. Yes. Um, there's no way, because Kate yeah. Blanchett, she's most likely going to win. I'm rooting for Michelle Yeoh. There's no way she wins over them, too. Mm -hmm. But just the nomination alone, I think it's it's a problem. Yeah. It's not fair, and it's it undermines all of the other wonderful actresses in the business, and it's like she literally jumped the line, so to say. Yes. Yes, it's she awful. did. I, I don't agree with it. How are you doing all this to just get a nomination? You're not even going home with a trophy. You could at least campaign for a Golden Globe, perhaps, a SAG Award, maybe, an Independent yeah. Spirit Award. That could have been yours. I mean, and also, like, I mean, it's not an Oscar, but that's actually a pretty prestigious award. It is. I recognize it. It is. People know what that is, you know, so. 
and of course this is going to make her somewhat of a household name now that there's some kind of controversy behind her it may like it might entice studios to put them put her in her, their next film that's like not an indie film but also big budget kind of you know what i mean like a24 yeah. may come to her and be like hey hey babe <laughs> we got something for you like yeah of course that's gonna like kind of help boost her career a little bit but i don't think it was worth it you know it's I not agree. it's not worth it also i really hope michelle yo goes home with that oscar as Same. much as I love Kate Blanchett, <laughs> I just I need it to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. I think I think there's a lot of us who feel that way, especially me being Asian American. Mm-hmm. I would mean so much to the Asian and Asian American community to have that. Um, that'd be awesome. I mean, it's never happened, so yeah, it would be stellar. And to look at like the Oscar nominations and see like a record number of Asian American actors be nominated for. Uh, awards is great you know are they all from the same movie yes but still i'm very happy i'm very happy okay oh yeah no it's awesome um (laughs) it's it's unprecedented but it's very welcome and i think it's a step in the right direction for the academy Mm because some of some of the categories they're still pretty vanilla yeah um best actor i'm looking at you Mm. (laughs) like so you know the, the academy sometimes they get it right sometimes they don't and honestly Gina Prince Blythewood deserves yes. a Best Director nom, and that category is also very male, very, very vanilla. Oh my so, gosh, Gina yeah, Prince. Yeah, it's like, it's, oh, that would have been awesome if she got it, but they didn't give it to her. So. Gina Prince Blythewood, um, Jordan Peele, obviously. That shut out, which is baffling to me. I thought Nope was brilliant. Yeah, that's a little strange that it got shut out this time around. Like, yeah, because at least you know us got some love. Uh, Get Out got obviously one. Yeah. Um, so weird to see Nope not even get a nomination. It was really odd. So the director of Till is Chinoye Chukwu. I wanted to make sure I mm-hmm. got her name correct. And she also directed Clemency, which came out in 2019, which is another film that I really wanted to get some award show love, but it didn't. And I also believe that Clemency came out around the same time that Green Book came out, but I'm going to make sure before I say open my mouth say something. Um, Green Book came out 2018. Yeah. So okay, that was, that was, was like the year before. Yeah. I think, I think that when Green Book was went to the Oscars though was around the same time Clemency was doing its award season run too so I think it kind of overlapped but there have been several times where there have been black female directors that come out with amazing films and get ignored by the Oscars the one I want comes to mind is Mudbound Mudblood Mudbound Mudbound Netflix DVDs the fact that Mary J Blige she was nominated for best song but never best actress I think she may have gotten a nomination for another award show, but not for the Oscars, which is disappointing because she was amazing in Mudbound. I love that movie. But see, all the more, like, that just shows, like, the Academy is getting better, but they still have a long way to go. So. Yep. <laughs> you know what? At least Chloe Zhao, she got her best director. That's. Yeah, that was huge. That was really yeah. huge. And Shout out um... to her. She's amazing. Also, oh, she really is. Yes, she is. And Eternals, I know Eternals 2 is coming out. Marvel, listen. Just make it a miniseries. 
<laughs> just, just, just make it a miniseries, okay? I can't do another movie, okay? The TV shows work. Just break it up into yeah, pieces. Yeah, no, you know, that's actually a really good thought, especially for a family that spans thousands and thousands of years. Like, mm -hmm. it did feel kind of rushed yeah. in that first film. They just crammed it full of information. It was like, okay, here, the Eternals have been here forever. Like, yeah, that would have right. been cool to see that fleshed out a little bit more, so... Also, it's kind of like, watching the Eternals is like watching the Avengers without having seen the previous movies before it. You know? We need right, the backstory. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also, can we please, Marvel, when you're releasing these TV shows, can we have 10 episodes instead of 6? Because you keep shoving everything into episode 3 or 4, and then you resolve it by 6th, and I can't do this! Like, you can't right. shove all the story into six episodes, and all the episodes are 25 minutes, and they have 10 minutes of credits. I can't do this anymore. Please. Right. Please. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're putting out content, but it's, always, it's not always top-tier quality, and, you know, it's a little bit hit and miss lately, but, you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I do have to say, anything that Marvel releases, I automatically just like, because... <laughs> I'm just a Marvel fan till the day I die. So, but I still like we could do so much better. Oh yeah, no, we we can so as, we could be fans and still judge and still yeah. Is to be honest, as much as they want to say, you know, they're they're fulfilling the vision of the comics. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they gotta make the audience happy, right? So yeah. Okay, we have talked about. Um... Our new releases and a little bit of entertainment news and now we're going to get into the meat of the podcast where we are going to talk about the best movies of 2022 and guys i'm going to be honest and say that i have not watched a lot of movies last year um <laughs> my letterbox is empty <laughs> but we're still going to sit here and talk about some movies um we just decided uh loretto and i to just do like top five films for last year so I honestly think we should just name our top five and we can just go from there. So you can go first with your top five. Sure thing. Um, to be fair, I do have to update this, which I haven't, but <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. More uh -huh. or less, it's it's pretty much the same. I don't see anything I've seen recently that's going to change this. But number five, mm -hmm. I have the sleeper horror hit barbarian which nice. i loved okay. i absolutely it caught me off guard i didn't know what it was about mm -hmm. i didn't know who zach Kreger was mm -hmm. and um you know bill skarsgård was in it and justin yes. long that's all i knew and i loved it it scared the crap out of me it was different nice. it was fresh and i really liked the twists and turns in the film that was my number five okay uh number four was after sun cool uh warning um it's probably not for everybody. It's really slow and really um, a, a retrospective look at, at a, a slice in the life of a father and a daughter. It's very simple. There's not a lot that goes on, but like the more you sit with it and watch it and get to the end of the film, like the more you kind of realize what the film is trying to say. You just have to be patient. And it's not for everyone. Wasn't Paul Mescal nominated for an Oscar for this movie? Yeah. That, oh my that God. Was a, <laughs> That was a huge surprise because he got snubbed by everything else, but he got the Oscar nod. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Well-deserved, in my opinion. I thought he was great. Um, it's a great film. It really, really touched me, especially me, myself, being a parent. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's a movie that like in the theater i was kind of like what are we doing where are we going with this and then when i drove home i couldn't stop thinking about it so that's what that movie did to me um number three shouts out jordan peele and his yeah. grand spectacle which <laughs> is what nope is all about it's all about the spectacle and you know the the underlying things behind it to get the spectacle the I people that the movie, for it. <laughs> oh yeah no oh, yeah no i'm not trying to spoil it at all okay. it's just the themes like it, it's there's the surface level themes and then there's of course what jordan peele is really saying yes and it's beautiful it's mm -hmm. beautiful um Kiki Palmer, like I said, just steals Amazing. the show. She's so wonderful. And for anyone that knows her work or just likes her as an actress or a person, yes. oh, see, nope, it's so good. Like, yes. she's amazing. And, of course, Daniel Kaluuya. It's more of, like, a chill performance from him, but it's still good. And I, I had a good time with it. And it's actually scary. There's some really good scares in it. Okay. Um, the score is fantastic. Um, it's Overall, it's a really fun film. I think everybody should go see it. I don't think enough people saw it, so um next up i have park chan wook's decision to leave oh. a film a film that i loved and it totally got no love from the oscars mm -hmm. i was hoping for at least at least a best international nomination hopefully yeah. but uh it just wasn't to be but it, it was an amazing picture it's it channeled some hitchcock vibes and very much was his own thing because park chan wook he did Old Boy and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and all those films and mm -hmm. that visceral, violent energy into this murder mystery. And it's really, really winding and twisting, but I liked where it ended up. It was very unpredictable for me. Like, I kept thinking I knew it was going to happen and then something else would happen. And it was just always a pleasant surprise with that one. So a Decision to Leave, directed by Park Chan-wook. And that was my number two. My favorite film of 2022. I mean... It's kind of contrarian at this point because I feel like everybody loves this movie, but I'm going to be honest. I saw it in theaters four times. It stole my heart. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh it gosh. is so damn good. It's just as good as everybody says. And look, if you didn't, if, it, if the movie wasn't for you, I don't know what to tell you, but it had everything. It had laughs. It had action. It had, you know, emotional family ties. It had amazing visual work, like with all the multiverse stuff they put in the screen and Shouts out Kihui Kwan, who hasn't acted for over 30 years, and he poured his heart into this performance. And I really, 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 really hope he gets the Oscar. It's looking like it, um, unless Colin, uh, Barry Kihigan or somebody steals it from him. But <laughs> That uh, steals it. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson or something. But he's so darn good, and he's just... It's like all of his speeches have been so heartfelt, and I'm so happy for him, and I think just shows like when he got this second chance like he wasn't just that kid from the goonies and indiana jones like this he's talented and i love that he got this opportunity to show his talent mm -hmm. almost 30 years after his initial appearance in hollywood what in the 80s you know whatever it was and um i'm so happy for him and honestly as a film it's just so fun it's from top to bottom a full experience cinematically it just covers all bases of writing and acting and subtle things like you know i watched it four times so every time i noticed different things about the movie that oh my god i didn't notice that before and that's like that's why you go to the movies like you go to the movies to get entertained you go to the movies to get to learn things experience things and that's what everything everywhere all at once did for me so i also love seeing him like reunite with his past cast members like harrison ford and like seeing him do like the hollywood reporter like kind of like panel 
with Brendan Fraser. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so, it's, it just, like, it warms your heart to see him, like, come back to acting. Because I have yeah. been, like, watching a couple of his interviews, and it is so sad because he talks about how, like, you know, he hasn't been acting for a long time, and, like, he was just, he was so, like, when he got this opportunity, he just, like, got an acting coach, and he, like, did all this work behind it, and he put so much time and effort into this role, and to see it, like, pay off in this beautiful way means so much, and yeah. I love that he's, like, getting this chance to shine, and I, yeah. oh my god, it's hilarious to me because, like, my friend Glenn, he was telling me about everything ever all at once, months before this movie came out, and every single person since then has mentioned this movie, and I still haven't watched this freaking movie, <laughs> and I still have to watch this freaking movie, like, I... You I should, and I, I heard they're re-releasing it to push its oscar buzz so if it comes into one of your theaters at amc whatever you gotta go watch it monica you have to it's (laughs) it's so wonderful i don't want to overhype it but everyone else is doing it too it's not just me right critics love it fans love it it's it's a good time so i i did see that it was re-released in like a movie theater near the mall where i live so i definitely need to go see it it's but i feel like it's one of those movies where it's like it's going to destroy me so I just need to like prepare myself to go watch it, but uh, yeah. If you're like an empath type, um, yeah. If you really feel for people, uh-huh. oh man, just 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 be be ready for it. It's it's very powerful. So. Okay, I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna give you my top five, which you already know, but we're just gonna go over it. Um, my top five is so basic, I feel like, but they're good. Okay, here we go. So, uh, at number five, we have Avatar, The Way of the Water. I actually, <laughs> I saw this movie, um, like, as a work outing with some of my co-workers, and it was a good movie. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I love Avatar. I love the second movie. There are going to be three more after this one, and, like, it's insane, because this movie was, like, three hours long, and I didn't even notice it was three hours long, but, like, I can't wait to watch it. Um, fourth one, The Batman, because Rob Pattinson, ever since Twilight, I can't not... No! Don't pull out the memorabilia! Don't pull out the memorabilia! Oh my god. No, I got this at the uh, the Batman premiere. This is really? like Really? Uh, you can put popcorn in it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I want one. Now I have to have one. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh yeah, go on, go on. He he was great. He, <laughs> he was, was freaking awesome. Oh my god. He was so mean. He was so brutal. Oh my like, gosh. Yes. Like I, I loved, loved it. <laughs> I loved that movie so much. I also the part I loved the most is when he like completely like ate shit when he was doing the landing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like No, you know, that's great because yeah. it's like he's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I love that they showed that because like, you know, other movies show him like land perfectly and it's like you had no. to learn how to do that, right? Yeah. So. yeah. When you're coming down like at that speed, at that velocity, like you're gonna eat shit, man. Like it's just bound to happen. Okay. He shouts out Colin Farrell too. He was so funny oh as my a penguin. Gosh. Like Colin Farrell, <laughs> one of my favorite actors. I love him so much. The fact he was in yeah. After Yang and the like Banshees of Inisherin, mm-hmm. I I'm so happy he got nominated for an Oscar too. For that same yeah, movie. He's, he's doing really good. He's... And Banshee 
picking up steam. It's yeah. It, I hope it doesn't steal too much from everything everywhere, but it's doing good. <laughs> it's I haven't seen that movie either, but I know it's phenomenal, and I I've been made to watch it. Um, okay, third movie is gonna be X, um, A twenty four, Darling. There are gonna be there was a prequel Pearl that came out, and there's gonna be a sequel called Maxine that's coming out. Which I'm also Crazy. excited to see. And I do want to say real quickly, Mia Goth deserved something for Pearl. Because, oh my gosh, the way that the Academy hates horror movies, I yeah. don't understand it. Horror movies practically made Hollywood. All the iconic film, all the iconic characters from those films, like, you remember them to this day. Apparently, there have been over 300 Best Picture nominees, and only six of them have been horror movies. Only six! And one of them took the Oscar, and it was Silence of the Lambs! Yeah. Like, when did Silence of the Lambs come out? Years ago! 91. It's, it's been years! It's been yeah. years, and so many amazing horror movies came out last year, like The Barbarian, Pearl, what are some other ones that came out? Um, The Invitation. Nope! Yes. And yeah, nope counts. So there are so many amazing horror movies that come out every single year. Also, Invisible Man. I remember when that came out, and like, nope, there was nothing. There's nothing for that movie. And like, and Elizabeth Moss, she totally deserved like something. Um, she was good in that movie. Um, ditto Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Yes. Oh my god. Ditto Tony Collette in Hereditary. Oh She's my like... gosh, Tony Collette. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh the, the Academy, just they, they just don't recognize horror. And it's like, these actresses are putting their their souls on yes. the screen in these horror films. So yes. They're giving, so it, they're giving it their all. Like, Midsummer. By the way, hold on. Oh. Like, so you loved X, right? Yes. You haven't seen Pearl? I have seen Pearl. Okay, yeah, Pearl is awesome. <laughs> She's a star! Yes. She's a star! Oh my god. Like, and she really is. Mia Goth is amazing. She actually co-wrote Pearl as well. Oh, um, she I helped, didn't know she, that. she helped write the script. Yeah. Wow. She yeah, she is great. phenomenal. She is a great actress. She's so scary. She is. When she's like holding that axe, I'm just yes. like, oh, run, run. I know. I was so, oh my gosh. Pearl really is that movie when you're watching it theaters. You have to say something. Like you have to talk yeah. to the screen. It's like, bitch, get up. Why'd you fall? Yeah. You're going to die. It's like and like oh. um you know also that scene where she's like I didn't do anything wrong why don't you like me anymore it's oh like oh my gosh that's like girl. the worst parts of people like manifested in that moment because I think mm -hmm. we all feel like that sometimes but we just don't <laughs> act out on it right so she actually like reacted in the worst possible ways mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah there's another movie she's in that's out right now called Infinity Pool which apparently yeah. is like. An insane movie that's come out recently. It's supposed to be super weird. I and mean, it's yeah. uh, Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son of David Cronenberg. And uh -huh. both, of, both of them have very weird, weird styles. So, Okay. Come on, nepotism. We'd love to see it. Um, <laughs> I kind of do want to see this movie just because like, it looks deranged from the, uh, the, the, the trailer. It's giving me like um what's the show? White Lotus, but like or like White right. Lotus, but if they really went there, you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, no, it's 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 I, I don't know. I've I've heard very mixed things about it, but as a film nerd, 
I'm there for it. I love Mia Goth, so mm. for her alone, I might just check it out because I just think she's fantastic. She's she's so damn good in everything she's been, been acting in. So. She's amazing. And I feel like this is also one of those movies that's like kind of a satire on the ultra-wealthy. And I do want to say um, a little bit of a criticism. Please just hear me out. If we're going to keep making movies about how rich people suck... We need to add another layer to it. You can't just say like, oh, rich people act politically liberal, but they're socially conservative. We know this. Rich people are strange. Rich people are, rich people are weird. We know this. I need something else. I need a little, like, I need you to make it spicy. I need you to add the heat. I need you to step on some toes. I need you to say it with your chest. I want you to push the limits a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I need something... I need it to get spicy in here. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be like, oh, rich people are bad. They suck. And then, like, have the general audience be like, yay, we hate rich people. We hate capitalism because the pandemic turned us against celebrities. I need... I need someone to, like, push the envelope. You know? I'm not saying do something wild or, like, crazy. But, like, you know... In that regard, story. I think you might enjoy Triangle of Sadness. That's actually been a popular theme, like, whether oh, it's yeah. Glass Onion or The Menu... There's been a lot of popular movies doing that whole eat mm-hmm. the rich thing, but I think Triangle of Sadness went there a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially kind of showing the working class um, and kind of showing the working class, the laborers. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil the film, but mm-hmm. it just gives another perspective. It's not just, oh, the rich suck. There's like another underlying perspective from the hardworking people under them. So worth watching. And actually, Triangle of Sadness got a uh, Best Picture nomination. So. Oh! I did say that I have been meaning to watch that movie because it's that trailer has been popping up in every just about every movie I've seen in theaters so it's definitely one that I've been meaning to watch and I like I kind of am looking for a movie that's like Parasite and like I'm saying this because I only see Parasite recently (laughs) like I literally saw Parasite in November because I was sick and I was like at home and I was like "I'm, I'm looking for something to watch Parasite's on Hulu Let's see it. Let's see what it's giving. And like watching that movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" The fact that y'all are tripping, y'all are tripping over the subtitles. Really? (laughs) Shut up! This is insane. No, but I mean, like, you you get it, right? Because I love Parasite, and there's a reason why it blew up. Yeah, it was huge when it when it won, and Mm. when it, you know, everyone was talking about it. And there's a reason. It was good. It was really good. Um, But yeah, Triangle of Sadness is great. My only issue is that the Academy didn't nominate the best performance in the film and i was kind of hoping for it it would have been she was the first filipino american to be nominated for a golden globe mm-hmm. and if it if she would have got the oscar nomination that would have been huge but uh dolly de leon unfortunately didn't get the push that she needed she was close but just not quite enough uh, she's great she steals that movie it's just the same way kiki palmer did for nope um there's always a couple performances in a film that just Stand out, you know, and yeah, yeah, and that's Dolly De Leon was one of them. So, I am so happy that Kiki was in Nope because she is such a hardworking actress, she's so talented, she's so amazing. I've loved her since True Jackson VP, so to like, I've watched her career since like the very beginning, like before that. Disney Channel was that Disney Channel? It was on Nickelodeon, first of all. Oh, sorry, sorry, (laughs) Nickelodeon, my bad, my bad, Nickelodeon. They're different, (laughs) there is a difference. (laughs) And then I remember, like, her first role was actually Akilah and the Bee. And I remember that movie coming out, and I was like, oh, it's her. 
it's her. You know, she's the one. The same way when Zendaya came out and shake it up, I was like, oh, she's the star. That's her. Yeah. Yeah. And we were right. We were right. Yes. So, both of them. Both of them are incredible. Oh yeah. my gosh. So amazing. Love it. Ooh, also Dune's going to come out this year. I can't wait for that. <clears throat> That's gonna she's going to be in it a lot more. A lot of people complain that she wasn't in the first one enough, but trust me, um, knowing the source material, she's right. gonna, she's gonna be in the second one a lot more. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved the first dude. By the way, it was so good. It was great. Yeah. So good. And also, I want to say Timothy Chalamet, you might be white boy of the year, but at least you can actually act. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Scrappy yeah. little white boy. <laughs> He gets way too much hate. I don't understand why yeah. people don't like him so much. It's like it's because he gets fine. He like, gets fucked by energy. That's why. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. But I, you know, for me, I, I always judge a person by their ability, and mm-hmm. he's a good actor to me. He is a great actor. There, there isn't a movie where I saw him in where he bothered me or I thought he was bad. I thought he was good in everything I've seen him in. So he gives stellar performances each time. And as long as you don't read any of his blind items, you could say that you are a really big fan of him. Me, I read too many blind items, so you know. <laughs> I'm we're not gonna get into it. But what was I talking about? X. Right. Oh, you know why I watched X? <laughs> Cause Kid Cuddy was in it and I was like, Oh my gosh. Kid Cuddy. Cause I know he's an actor, but I was like, Oh He was actually pretty good. He was really good I was, in this movie. I was pleasantly surprised, yes. like, oh, he was Kid Cudi. He's yes. doing a good job. <laughs> he's such a good actor. Like he has. He's also going to be in Britney Snow's directorial debut, which is going to come out this year too, which is really interesting. And he's also directing his own movie called Willie, I think it is. And Jay Z's producing it. It's through his production company, Mad Solar, and I also believe it's through Jay Z's production company as well. And it's kind of based off of Pursuit of Happiness is very popular song so that's gonna be interesting to see and also i don't know if he's gonna be a maxine because that's a sequel and he's also dead so like he probably isn't he probably isn't gonna be in that movie but, but... from what i heard from what i heard i thought does maxine take place after x yeah it's a sequel okay yeah okay just clarifying i wasn't sure if it was like before x and then we might see some of the old crew so no it's a sequel and Let's see. Yeah, overall, just like very happy to see Kid Cudi acting. He was also in House Party, which is a movie that came, which is a movie that came out recently with LeBron James and like, uh, yeah. It's... Me and my buddy were talking about like that movie was not marketed well. Yeah, it's like people didn't even know it was coming out until it came out, and I was like, oh hey, go watch House Party. It's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, yeah. It's kind. It's kind of sucks when that happens, especially when you have like. A film with so many big names in there like you have a movie that Snoop Dogg is in and like not even he's posting about it this man is reposting things he found off of Instagram like sir you got a job to do like hello post the trailer yeah, I don't know who did the marketing for that film but they kind of they're dropping the ball on it so. yeah people really have to be better at like marketing stuff like it's not interviews anymore you can't just do like interviews and like TV spots every so often. Like you really gotta push things out. You know, you really gotta like push things out or like stir up some controversy at least. Like I don't know. Like you gotta promote the movie, man. Like let us know. Like 
We can't know if. By the way, did we get to your number one? Was X your number one? Oh, X is number three. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we on your list? (laughs) Okay. Um, We we, we went on a tangent there. Okay. X is number three. Number two is Do Revenge. It was the Netflix movie. Everyone's calling it like Gen Z Mean Girls. And I have to agree. It's amazing. Uh, Maya Hawk is her mother. She is her mother. You can't tell me anything else. Uma Thurman literally is in this girl's like heart. Like the way she absolutely bodied that performance and the way everyone else was talking about that movie, I was kind of like, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a shot. Netflix movies usually aren't that good. So we'll see what what it's giving. And like, there haven't been a lot of Netflix movies that have came, came out where 24 to like 30 year olds are playing teenagers and it's been a good movie. The last movie that I could think of is All the Boys I Loved Before, the first one. The second one, I would give it a eh, it was alright. Jordan Fisher is very, very, very talented and he definitely deserved more than he got out of that movie. Um, the third one wasn't as great. I could have left off with the second one. I gave the third one a shot because I wanted to finish the story. <sighs> it was okay. It was all right. But um, Do Revenge, it was so good. Spicy, interesting, amazing. Oh my gosh. Also, the music for the movie was so good. And the costumes. Oh, everything was amazing. Like, I love Do Revenge. And, um, crap, there's something else I was going to say. Never mind. I'll think of it That's later. on my watch list. Oh, um, <laughs> Out of the whole list. I've seen most of them. Uh-huh. That's one of the ones I missed. So, uh, I heard good things. I love Maya Hawk. Yeah. Um, she's great in Stranger Things. So, it's nice to see her in something else. So. Yeah. It's so... It's honestly so refreshing to see, especially like Camila Mendez, because she is from Riverdale. And there are a lot of times when you watch something that is like kind of bad and you're like, is it the writing or is it you? And I'm glad that Camila Mendez is a good actress. Like, I'm so thankful. It's like, okay, oh, there's hope for her. Okay. And like, I feel like the other girl from. Riverdale, her name escapes me at this moment, but she's the blonde one. I feel like she's a pretty good actress too. She's in this movie on Netflix called, I forget the name, it escapes me, but I I have hope for them, for the two female actresses. I feel like they're pretty talented. Um, do Revenge. And then my top movie of 2022 is Black Panthers Wakanda Forever, because I love that movie so much. I am a diehard Marvel fan, and I will say this, and I'm not saying this again, you can talk shit about Marvel all you want, however, I see this every time. Why is it that whenever Black Panther comes out, suddenly, everyone has a problem with Marvel? Suddenly, we weren't saying this when Thor came out, we weren't saying this when, um... Moon Knight was out, Miss Marvel, Loki. I'm just freak, like, why is it that after Black Panther Wakanda Forever came out, suddenly all these actors are like, all these Marvel movies are the reason why it's so hard to produce movies and why it's so hard to get original movies out there. Jennifer Lopez, you are doing your 100th rom-com. Give it a rest, all right? Please, please let us live. Okay, girl, you, 
I don't know how many times we could do the wedding planner. All right, let's just find something else to do. Please, girl. Pick up another script. Let it go. Oh, <laughs> that's good. No, but you know, like it, it, to, to an extent, they have a point. But to your point, yeah. why do they bring this point up after certain episodes? Yes. When Black Panther came out. It's not the right out, time. It's, it's not the right place. And Wakanda Forever was good. Like, it was why? amazing. Like, why don't they talk about that when a Marvel project does do bad? Like, no. So. And I remember when Black Panther came out, all these directors, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, to name a few, talking about how Marvel movies are the reason why it's so hard to, like, make movies now, to release movies, to make cinema. And, like, Chadwick Boseman, may he rest in peace, had an amazing retort to that, that, like, Everyone has a place in cinema, and every movie has its place, but Marvel has carved out this special place in people's hearts, which is why it does so well. And to that point, I want to say that, like, it's not Marvel that's making it hard for you to release your movies to people to see them. It's not Marvel that's making it hard for you to get butts in the seat. It's not Marvel, which is the reason why your numbers are low in the box office and no one wants to watch your two-hour movie. It's not Marvel. It's capitalism. That's all that it is. Marvel is part of Disney, which is becoming a huge monopoly within the film industry that is buying out all these studios and all these streaming platforms and all these shares within all these countries that are taking up a lot of the attention when they release their films and their TV shows. It's not Marvel alone. It is Disney, the conglomerate, that is basing its uh, plan, its, you know, power off of capitalism. That's all there is to it. Like, if it wasn't Disney... It would be Universal. If it wasn't Disney, it'd be MGM. If it wasn't Disney, it'd be literally any one of these other studios that are out there trying to get people to watch their movies. If it's not Disney, it's The Rock. Alright? Why don't you blame The Rock for your problems? Huh? He's causing more problems than Disney is. Alright? I'll say how many more uh how many more years we go with The Rock being in like ten movies that probably could have gone oh, to like my. four other actors. <laughs> He's in everything. He's in like a movie every month almost. <laughs> the thing that actually does suck is that The Rock, as much as I like him, how he handled Black Adam was so... It's kind of disrespectful and like it lacks a coos. Like he did Black Adam, and the, but he didn't want to do like a little uh, cameo in the Shazam movie, Fury of the Gods. And then he didn't want to do the second Black Adam movie. And then there was all this back and forth around that. And it just kind of shows that, like, you were about your bag. You were doing this for yourself. You're kind of, like, you're being a little arrogant really right cringy. now. Yeah! It got really cringy. Like, I, th- I, I, over, I haven't seen it myself, but I heard there was instances where, like, he was doing stuff for fans, but he wanted to make sure, like, there was cameras on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was doing publicity for Black Adam. But, like... He was doing it in a manner where, like, it seemed it seemed good-hearted, but mm-hmm. he demanded that a camera film it, and it was like, it's like one of those things where it's like, if you give a person money in the street to help a like a homeless person, like, you wouldn't film that, right? Or the people that do do it for clout, and it's like, mm-hmm. that's the way it came off. Like, it just like, you just do, put it on a show for the camera, which kind of was unfortunate to hear. He seems like a nice guy, so I. Yeah, I mean, he does seem like a very nice guy, but of course. When you get to that kind of um, status and you make that much money and you have that much notoriety behind your name, it'll give you a big head. You know what I mean? And he also kind of, (laughs) he kind of fibbed that like Black Adam was one of the most like 
profitable movies of DC are like one of the most like it made this much money when it didn't really make that much money in the box office. I it's saw that. Like, that was weird. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Like that's that is cringy at its most. And <clears throat> you can have all the criticisms you want to have about Marvel. That's fine. But if you suddenly have so much to say about Marvel when a movie that is led by mainly black people with a black director and a black superhero comes out and is one of the first of its own in this franchise, suddenly you have so much to say about this movie that you were tight-lipped about before. Baby, let's re-examine this. Let's re-examine this. Because we can talk about Marvel. We can. But there is a time and a place. You know what I mean? Like, that being said, I loved Wakanda Forever. You're muted, Loretto! <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, if anything, Wakanda Forever should have been celebrated a lot more than... Uh-huh. Versus getting that backlash, you know, it's like that's that's not the, that wasn't the place for that. Mm-hmm. So. I do want to say like Wakanda Forever was amazing. Angela Bassett deserves the Oscar nomination. She deserved the Golden Globe. She has done the job. She was stellar. Um, I loved the tribute to Chadwick. It was a heartfelt, loving movie. I love the fact that part of the movie was set in Haiti, which is, like, so heartwarming to me because I am Haitian-American, and it's kind of, like, that little piece of history because Wakanda is, of course, the first... is a nation that was never colonized, and it is an African nation, beautiful, amazing country, and Haiti being the first black country to win its independence from colonizers. For that to be in the second movie means so much to me personally and to actually see locations in the movie like to like they like i'm watching this movie i'm like oh they're on location they're there this is not in atlanta i know they're there it it means like i I didn't know that so they filmed on location yes i it's the way i knew it's the way i knew i knew it And, and then, also, you know, I love Dominique Thorne as yes. Riri. Riri was so cool. And it was like seeing her and Shuri like kind of have that banter together. She's yeah. like, oh, your highness. Like, <laughs> was, I loved it. Like, Riri yeah. was great. And I can't, I can't wait to see her show. Yes. Um, she has a show coming up, uh, Ironheart. Ironheart, so. yeah. I, I can't wait for Ironheart to come out too because I'm so excited for that. And I also want to say that like, this is going to get a little controversial, but I'm just going to say it. Um, I do feel like Letitia Wright has... I feel like we can give her her grace now. I know that during the pandemic, she shared a video with false information regarding the COVID pandemic. And ever since then, she's kind of been like, you know keeping it cool, keeping it quiet. She's been kind of like keeping to herself mainly. And I do feel like her performance in Black Panther was stellar. It was amazing. It was jaw-dropping. It was phenomenal. And I truly do believe that she deserved some kind of recognition or any kind of love and light for this film. And there was, you know, some... um, controversy when 
she shared that tweet that people thought she was going to be recast and some things like that. Turns out that she had gone to an accident filming a chase sequence in August of 2021 and she fractured her shoulder, suffered a concussion following the motorcycle accident. So production had a pause while she recuperated. And I'm very glad that like, one thing about it, a lot of times when actors get into controversies, sometimes people on set or other actors on set, they want to say some things. And I'm very, very glad that the Black Panther cast at least had the wherewithal to know that certain things should be kept to your chest and we should leave it on set, you know? And some things need to be resolved when, like, just leave it alone, just let it be, let it lie. And then when the movie comes out, the movie comes out and then we'll deal with it when it does. And I'm glad that at least the, 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 the cast, you know, understood that. And there was a Hollywood Reporter article that came out during award season that kind of compared her to men accused of sexual abuse and misconduct. And she reiterated that, like, she's sorry for what she said two years ago. She remained silent on that topic. And she was upset towards the writer of the article, whose name is, like, Feinberg, Scott Feinberg, I believe it was, having, like, basically some kind of agenda against her. And I do feel like um, the tweet that she tweeted with the uh, COVID-19 misinformation did kind of hurt her and kind of hurt her stance in Hollywood. And um, I'm not going to say that she's blacklisted, but I do feel like her kind of leaving social media and her kind of remaining kind of silent and just keeping to herself for a little bit helped people to kind of like, I don't know if it's get over it or forget it, but it's not 100% forgotten, so to speak. So I want to say that when she released, when the, she, the tweet was like, came out, it was like, ooh, yikes for me. It was like, oh, that's so bad. I was rooting for you. I was, we were all rooting for you. And I'm glad that she, you know, eventually like deleted it, apologized, you know, just like everything else. Um seems like she went about it the right way yeah and i was so upset admittedly when i when it first happened but a couple years later and now that the movie's out yeah now that it seems like she does seem very remorseful about it it's mm-hmm. like okay we got to learn how to forgive people I, yeah. I i think that cancel culture has come so far and i think that there's certain lines that got to be like like there's got to be a line drawn and it's like it's okay to forgive people especially if they are remorseful and yeah hopefully hopefully it doesn't i hope she's not blacklisted because letitia wright's a great actress so she is we'll she is an yeah. amazing actress the only other movie i've seen her in um was the nile with um homegirl wonder woman but of course that movie also had oh um, uh death on the nile death on the nile it also had Army Hammer in it, so not really many people. Yeah, that, that that was a mess. Yeah, and it was direct. It was uh, the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. It was the Agatha Christie's uh, novels um, with Hercule Poirot, detective. Uh, you know, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, that one wasn't as good as the first one. I liked mm. Murder on the Orient Express, but Death in the Nile was kind of. Yeah, I know that she was also in uh, Small Axe which was a mini series that was on Amazon Prime. 
with um, John Boyega as well. So obviously she is still booking roles and she's also going to be in a movie called The Silent Films which is coming out this came out September of 2022 so I think it was like one of those like independent films that had like a smaller release so I'm gonna look for it on streaming and see if I can watch that see if I can find it somewhere but um overall I feel like what happened when she tweeted that I'm glad that she took the time to be silent and I do believe that she should be forgiven because she did show true remorse and at least like she was remorseful and sorry and actually like kept quiet for a while which we can only ask when people like kind of put their foot in their mouth it does suck that she hasn't gotten that much love from award season and i would understand that she isn't really like seeking out a campaign for an award from black panther but i do say that she does deserve one because shuri's arc in black panther was phenomenal it was amazing Chadwick would be so proud of her. She did that. It was stellar. And to like see her character and how it like played out throughout the film, to see her take like it was amazing. It was a great movie. I loved it. Uh of course, everyone's been talking about Tanakh and him and his <laughs> him in the movie playing Namor. Love him. I really do hope that Angela Bassett does win an oscar because that would be amazing i was gonna say i think she's the front runner i don't see anybody sneaking up on her and taking it yeah. maybe carrie condon from banshees of Inisherin. Mm -hmm. it just really depends on how that night goes because if banshees just starts sweeping up the awards it might just start taking all of them and it's going to be a big surprise for people but it just depends on how the academy votes and we won't really know until next month so Angela Bassett, the first Marvel actor to win a Golden Globe for their performance in a Marvel movie, and the first Marvel actor to win an Oscar for their performance in a movie. Long overdue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's that's got a good ring to it. Mm -hmm. A nice ring to it. Following the amazing... Crap! What's her name for elementary? Abbott oh, Elementary. Uh, Abbott Quinta Elementary. Brunson? No! Barbara! Barbara! Oh my gosh! Loretta, help me! <laughs> Loretta, help me! No, I was going to say, I just started the show, but it was just because of the Golden Oh Globe, but, my... Uh, you just started the show? Well... Wow. I'm, re I'm really late. You are. It's so wonderful. You are. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I love it. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Okay. Like, Cheryl Lee Ralph has been acting, yeah. acting down, acting for years. She's one of the original dream girls. Like, that's how right. long she's been in the right. industry. <laughs> and Cheryl Lee Ralph winning an Emmy, and then Angela Bassett winning an Oscar? Oh my I god. I would die. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I would die. Oh. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you'd like to say about um, some movies from last year or anything you'd like to say about the movies that you named uh, previously your top five because I went oh. on and on and you kept it so short and sweet like I <laughs> no you're good you're good no I just want to say uh, Wakanda Forever barely missed my top ten but it was a great film um, 
you know, I, I, it's not gonna win uh, animated feature, but I also want to say I loved Turning Red. Oh Turning Red gosh. was adorable, and it, I, I loved the, the Canadian setting, mm -hmm. the, like the young, you know, Chinese, like Chinese Canadian girl, and yeah. um, you know, some people were like, especially like, you know, no offense, there was a lot of like, white critics and YouTubers. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I can't relate to a little Chinese girl. It's like, dude, it's not for ah, you. you. Can't. No, well, no, no, not just that. It's like, okay, you can't relate to the little Chinese girl, but I'm sure you can relate with disagreeing with your mom, yeah, or or clashing with the with the the culture of of your people or whatever that yeah. you want to call it. It's just like you got to look deeper, and not so surface, right? Mm -hmm. So, I thought Turning One was great. I thought they were snubbed for best song. Um, you know, the 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 the, the Billie Eilish and her her brother. A fantastic job writing those four town songs. Mm -hmm. So damn catchy. Um, yeah, so I just want to talk about that. I think it's great. You got everyone should watch it if they haven't. It's a wonderful movie. I do want to say, like, in regards to like white critics being like, "Oh, I don't see how this movie is for me, or how I can relate to this character." It's kind of like that's a weak argument. That is a weak, weak argument because there are a number of coming-of-age films with white protagonists that plenty of us have watched and we can relate to it just fine. I exactly. love The Breakfast Club. I get it. <laughs> I love The Breakfast Club. I do! <laughs> I love how you picked that movie specifically because, no, that movie is so white. It's so white. You know, The, the Wrestler yes. and, and, and the, you know, the, the Nerd. It's just so, like cookie cutter yes. that's a good one um well, christmas story like <clears throat> nobody lives like that but it's, it's a fun movie to watch right um <laughs> also like she's the man 10 things i hate about you legally blonde i don't know there are several movies that i have seen with white home female protagonists home alone <laughs> home alone <laughs> come on now i mean no, we're we're not we're not that McAllister family, but I mean I'm sure a lot of people can relate to having a big household. Right. So it's like you gotta look deeper. And yeah. I think some critics don't do that. And yeah. it's really unfortunate. It's really sad to see that. So they don't. It's also because like Hollywood is so used to making white people into like the everyman. So whenever you have a cast of color, it's kind of like, Oh, this is only for you. I can't relate to this. It's like no, you could probably relate to it, like, in some way, in some fashion. Like, you could probably glean something from this movie. You know, there's something you can relate to. Like, one movie that I really love as a coming-of-age movie is Dope. And it stars um, Shamik Moore. Oh my gosh, I love that movie so much. And, like, it's so funny, and it's so interesting. And I remember when this movie came out, and, like, people were talking about how, like, why isn't this movie nominated for an Oscar? And I will say, like... I don't see it as an Oscar-nominated movie. I do see it for independent or, like, maybe Golden Globes, maybe SAG Awards. But I see why people would want it to be nominated for an Oscar because of Boys in the Hood. And, you know, films like that with John Singleton, where it's a film that takes place in an environment that isn't usually highlighted in movies that are nominated for Oscars, but it's such a well-done and amazing movie. Like Do the Right Thing as well. So I can see why, but also if you've seen Dope, do you think the Oscar voters could watch that movie? There are titties in that film. Like <laughs> there are, it's there are titties in other Oscar movies, but like 
let's come on. Let's be real. Like, ASAP Rocky's in that movie. Like, it's... Yeah. No, that movie was too cool for the Academy. It's it too... too cool for the Academy. <laughs> but, but I thought it was great. And I like yeah. that Shamik Moore's character was not prototypical. Uh-huh. You know, he wasn't... He wasn't a gangster. He was just a kid. Yeah. I like that he had a band. Like, that was what, what kind of captured my attention was... He had his, like, funky little band, and they just wanted to record. And mm-hmm. it was, like, a very simple story, and then it got really complicated later, right? But... Um, I love dope. I thought it was great. Um, I also love dope. It was a unique take on on a, a young teen. It was. It was an awesome movie, and I seriously enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, were there any other movies that you've seen last year that you really enjoyed, or like that you want to touch on before we move on? Um, um not really, but I will say that um. For people that just, you know, maybe they just don't know even know what Tar is or Tar exists, it's a hell of a movie. And Kate Blanchett, honestly, like I said, she's probably going to win because mm-hmm. it, it's, it, to be honest, I, I can't even, like, I love Michelle Yeoh, but Kate Blanchett, like, became Lydia Tar. And, like, throughout the film, you just see her journey as Lydia Tar, and it's incredible. It's really, really well documented. It, it made me feel like, it was a movie, like it was a movie, but it felt like a documentary. Mm-hmm. It felt really real, and it felt didn't feel fabricated. And that's something that I thought was really genuine with her performance. Like it just like she made me feel like Lydia Tarr was a real person. I had to I had to like Wikipedia. It. I was like, is this a biopic? Because it just felt so real. Mm-hmm. But and it's actually Lydia Tarr is a fictional person. I was surprised. I I thought I could Google her and find out more about her life. But um, she was made for that movie, and it was very, very interesting to see. So, I absolutely have to watch that movie. I I know I do. Um, let's see. I do want to say, like, I am still upset that the Woman King did not receive that much love during Oscar season, during the award season, which really does suck because it is a phenomenal film. It is such a triumph. Like. Gina Prince Blythewood is an amazing director. Also, the thing is, it's like, she has been in this business for far too long. She has been in this business for far too long, and she has been doing so many amazing, awesome things. Like, her, when you look at all the things that she has done from like Love and Basketball to just about like, even like her doing television. Like, the TV shows she's directed and, like, the TV shows that she's been a part of, it's just, it's outstanding how talented she is and how amazing the movies she makes are, especially The Woman King, which in of itself is a great, great movie. And if you haven't seen The Woman King, I strongly suggest you go watch it. I say this as someone who also hasn't seen this movie, but I do plan on saying it. Don't! kill me but i do plan on seeing it absolutely i do and the amazing thing about this movie is like it's based off of a real um african tribe uh african kingdom of dahomey with skills and fierceness it is an all-female warrior um kingdom and the thing is about this movie is that i am actually very very happy this movie was made i'm very glad that this stellar cast was part of making the story come to the screen and i do have to say as much as i am very happy for this movie i do remember that like uh lupita nyong'o was actually supposed to be part of this film and she had um kind of decided to not be a part of the movie 
because she actually decided to go and like learn and research about the about the warriors that the movie is about and she made a documentary about it and it's called warrior woman with lupita nyong'o and i remember seeing like a couple clips of it on youtube and it's a phenomenal documentary um i still need to go watch it but like from the clips i've seen it's very interesting because she journeyed across west africa to uncover the Ogoji, which is a forgotten female army and what she learned was that even though these are very strong powerful women and their story and their history is so amazing there is something very brutal and very hard to watch when it comes to the documentary because it gives you a sincere look into the history of these women and as much as like Gina Blythe deserves and Viola King deserves so much for this film and how amazing it is there are like two sides to every story and sometimes there are eight sides to every story and sometimes you need to look at history as a whole with an unbiased eye and look clearly into what you're seeing so I would just say watch the don't watch the documentary and then like hate on the woman king because the amount of work they put into the woman king still deserves like recognition and awards and like Gina is an amazing amazing director <clears throat> I would say just watch both and just kind of see for yourself how it looks to you because history is not black and white there are various shades of gray. Not everything is clear cut as you think it is. And slavery is not something that's easy to talk about, but it's not something that is good and bad. You're not flipping a coin when it comes to slavery. You're rolling the 20-sided die. So you really just got to look at it at all angles. So I would just encourage you guys to go see the documentary and go watch Woman King and just, you know, educate yourselves, I guess. I'll have to check out that documentary but to yeah. your point i think it would have said a lot for the academy to at least give gina a nomination like i mean by all means spielberg or somebody bigger is gonna win it but it's like a nomination would have went a long way yeah. to at least acknowledge her work and also shouts out lashana lynch i thought yes oh my god lashana gosh. lynch was brilliant in the woman king and She's i think amazing she could have snuck in over Jamie Lee Curtis in Supporting Actress. Um, that's just my opinion, but, you know. It's like every single time we have a movie with a full cast of color, the one white person has to get something. The white white person has to get a cookie. Why was it for Black Klansmen, Adam Driver was the only actor to win and get nominated for any award? Why? Why? And then you give Spike Lee Best Adapted Screenplay, not even Best Director, which he got nominated for, and it was his first nomination, which how does that happen? Because he's been directing for forever. Right. Oscars. What the What? What was the point? Of, you gave him an honorary Oscar, and they gave him an Oscar for Adapted Screenplay. He's a dir never mind. I'll shut up. I'll leave it alone. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Who baby? 
Jamie Lee Curtis, listen, I love you. I do. But maybe we should do a little more of this. A little less this and a little more. You know, let me turn my phone off. Yeah, no, honestly, like, like she's great. But yeah, she has been a little too chatty about mm-hmm. this whole thing. And and then the Nepo baby thing, too. Like, like my, my main thing is, like, she wasn't the best supporting actress in that film. And I think Stephanie Hsu deservedly got that nomination, but it shouldn't have gone to both of them. It shouldn't They're have. taking up five. They're taking up two spots for one movie yes. that easily could have gone to someone like Lashana Lynch or mm-hmm. heck, even if like even though she's not best supporting, we could have thrown Kiki Palmer in here just yes. for the opportunity. Like, you know, and it's just Yes. Absolutely. I hundred percent agree. And also on the Nepo baby thing, um, you guys are acting like a bunch of babies. Alright. Your parents are rich and famous. You work in the same industry as them. People can use Google. I, I, I'm not like being a Nepo baby doesn't mean that you didn't work hard. You just didn't have to work as hard as everyone else. That's it. Right. That's it. There is some. There is some level of opportunity that you're. Yes. You're, some people won't get yes. because they're not you. Right? Yes. Hello. Like. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know Jenny Lee hard. Curtis was a Nepo baby, but like. Yeah, it's hard. It's not hard to see, though. I mean, once it's not hard to understand, I mean. So. Yeah. Like, when the three white boys on SNL, both, like, two, out of the three of the white boys, two of them have parents that are in a well-known comedy group. You don't think Lauren Michaels doesn't know that? Hello? You are the repackaged Lonely Island. Like. Right. <laughs> that's it. Alright, so I believe we have <laughs> we have exhausted the point. We have talked about the best movies of 2022 and we're going to move on to our watch list. Watch list is a section of the podcast where we talk about things that we can't wait to see that may be coming out soon or maybe not coming out soon but we can also talk about things that we have seen recently that we really enjoyed. And Loretto, is there anything that you've seen recently that you really liked or you really really enjoyed? Anything at all? Uh, oh, man, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I mean, I can go if you don't have anything. I was going to say, I, I've been on vacation, so I haven't been really watching a lot of movies. Me, um, I just I just recently started re-watching uh, the John Wick films, because mm-hmm. the fourth one's coming out. Um, Keanu Reeves is great. That guy's awesome. Fantastic guy. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Go take this away. Let me look back at my... Uh, <laughs> I need to update my letterbox. I haven't updated it oh in like two weeks. Oh my gosh, but... me too. I recently watched Molly's Game, which is a Jessica Chastain movie, and I love Jessica Chastain. I haven't seen this movie before. I had no idea what it was about. I went into this movie blind, and I was so surprised by the film. Apparently, it's a movie about a young girl. It's obviously it's based off of a real person too, which is super interesting to me. So it's based off of this woman who was supposed to be in the Olympics for skiing or like snowboarding or something like that. Skiing, I believe it was. And basically she got hurt. She messed up her leg, I think it was. She couldn't ski anymore. It was done. Her dad was someone that was kind of like a hard ass. He was like, school, academic excellence and athletic excellence are not an option in this class, in this household. So she was in law school and she also wanted to be in the Olympics. 
when she ended up not getting into the Olympics, she took a year off of law school, moved to LA, somehow got involved in poker games, like high stakes poker games. And like the movie is so very good and incredibly interesting and phenomenal. And Jessica, Jessica Chastain is amazing. I love her. Idris Elba is great in this movie too, by the way. Like, he is stellar. He is stellar in all that he does. And, I mean, I've watched that recently. There's a new show. It's not a new show on Netflix, but it's a show called Inside Man. And it has David Tennant in it. And I'm watching it right now because David Tennant is in it. So, I mean, we'll see what that's giving. We'll see how that goes. But, lately... I've honestly just been watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix because it's just so easy. Like, documentaries are simple. They're either an hour and 30 minutes or they're four episodes for an hour. And it's easier to watch those rather than, like, dedicating yourself to a new TV show. And there is too much shit on Netflix. There's too (laughs) much to watch. Also, there was a documentary I finished watching recently called Unorthodox, which talks about... Um, young people who are leaving the um, very ultra-Orthodox Jewish religion in Brooklyn, New York, and their struggles with dealing with that. And that made me cry because it's a beautiful film about how you're breaking out of a community that you've known your whole life that supports you and takes care of you, but also there are underlying secrets in the community which comes with religious uh, communities, as you know. And overall, it was heart-wrenching. It was amazing. It was a great documentary. I loved it. And I prefer like those kind of documentaries over like true crime stuff because true crime is unethical in my eyes. I just, I'm trying to stay away from it for now, really. True crime and procedurals too. Like the only procedural that I watch is 911 and that's because Angela Bassett is in it and I love her. But I really do just kind of like try and stay away from it for now. But yeah, um, what about you? Are there any movies that, is there anything that you can't wait to see that's coming out soon or anything that you've seen recently that you really liked? Yeah, um, I wanted to highlight Broker, which was directed by Hirokazu Kurita. And it stars Song Kang-ho from Parasite. He was the dad. Oh. And it's wonderful. And Hirokazu also directed uh, Shoplifters. I'm not sure if you heard of Shoplifters. Oh, I it's, remember the movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. It was on Prime. It's still on Prime, actually. If you want to revisit it, but I recently saw Broker in theaters at my local AMC. So, just a wonderful tale. It kind of follows the theme of Shoplifters. Like the, the his his theme with both films is like you. Sometimes you can choose your family. It doesn't have to be bound by blood. And sometimes you find family in others that you know. It doesn't matter if you know you're actually blood rated, but sometimes you can just Find that connection and it's beautiful um it's told in a very beautiful manner both films are and also lastly um i actually saw women talking just before i left for hawaii oh, okay. um women talking didn't get any love from the golden globe they got shut out got okay. shut out i think by this well they got best ensemble for sags but almost every other award has been ignoring women talking but mm-hmm. the oscars didn't and i think it's great i think sarah Polly deserves uh, she was an actress, and she writes and directs Women Talking, and I think the subject matter for Women Talking deserves to be heard. The film deserves to be seen. It's really, really, really well acted. I'm surprised that 
No, it's the the actresses in it are amazing. We got Rooney Mara, Jesse Jesse Buckley, and mm-hmm. Claire Foy, who I thought should have been nominated for best supporting actress at least. Um, it didn't get a lot of love, but Women Talking is worth seeing. So if you get a chance, watch that one as well. Um, it's really good, and I'm looking forward to Creed three. Uh, that's coming out next month, I think, and of course Ant Man's coming. So yes. yay, Jonathan Majors! Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Majors. Majors. Is just he's on a hot streak right now. I mean, oh coming God. off of Devotion and Magazine Dreams, and now we got Creed three and and Ant Man. This is the year of Jonathan Majors. He's just doing so well, and I love him as an actor, and I think he's going to be great as King the Conqueror. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So I cannot wait to see him as Kang because he is going to be an amazing villain, and I feel like Kang is going to be a lot more involved in the MCU rather than Thanos was, which is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a good kind of, like, um, improvement from Thanos, because I feel like Thanos kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really, like... As an MCU fan, like, you know, you kind of know what villains could be coming in the newer installments because of the comics, and you kind of can, like, guess. You can kind of speculate a little bit about where they're going with the story. And so Thanos... With the Infinity Stones, like, people kind of saw that. But I do kind of wish we saw a little bit more of him. Because I do really like Josh Brolin as an actor. I think he's very talented. And him playing Thanos was a lot of fun to see him, you know, kind of doing that role. So I would be interested to see a little bit more of that. Um, Women Talking, I feel like... What is it? I am very interested to see Women Talking because I remember when that movie came out. And it came out around the same time as She Said came out, which I I would like to see Women Talking more than I want to see She Said. Because I feel like some people may know this and some people may not know this, but... um, I don't know why she said it's a movie talking about exposing the sexual abuse allegations against Harvey Weinstein, but it's also produced by Brad Pitt. So for this movie to come out, it's kind of like, huh? Like, what's that about? Because Brad Pitt was like kind of friends with Harvey Weinstein and so was Ben Affleck, which people like to forget sometimes, but like... I'm not just because he he married Jennifer Lopez does not like we're just gonna let that go. Hello. Also, Brad Pitt is currently in legal. Um, he is currently dealing with a lawsuit with his ex-wife Angelina Jolie over their vineyard, and it's not really over their vineyard. It's the fact that she is withdrawing her shares from the vineyard because he was abusive towards her and his child on a plane over open sea and the FBI got involved and it's because like the FBI got involved because there is no real jurisdiction over when the incident took place but also like sir you're punching people in the face what the heck so it's really just um I remember when she said was released and I was like kind of excited for it because I do love Zoe Kazan and I love Carrie Mulligan. I love her and I stan, but seeing like Brad Pitt is like 
a producer for the movie sucks. I see Woman Talking come out, which is an amazing film. I've heard nothing but good things about it. But it's also kind of like the thing where like Woman Talking is kind of an independent film. So it didn't get the wide release that she said got. It also did not get the advertising, the branding, the marketing that she said got. And the reason why she said had that is because of the production company that it was created through, which was Brad Pitt's production company. So it's like, yes, female director, yes, female screenplayer, but also kind of like, why is he here? You know, like, what are you doing here, sir? Loretto, you're muted. <laughs> I can't hear you, Loretto. <laughs> Did you switch headphones or something? No. No. I can see you talking, but like... Hello? You could- you know how like when I'm talking you see the green light around the video? If I don't see a green light then your audio isn't coming through. <laughs> Look through your Discord settings and then go to voice and video and just make sure that the mic is the right one. Testing. Testing. Okay, here we go. Okay, maybe, so- Maybe it was me, but we're good. No I don't know what happened there, but um, no, that same thing happened with Minari because I loved Minari uh -huh. and that was even Yuan. It was about a, a Korean family in the 50s trying to like uh, raise up a farm, which was like a, such an, a weird story, but it was really sweet to see. And uh, Brad, Pitt, I didn't even know that Brad Pitt produced that film. And I liked that the grandma who won the Academy Award for that film, she actually called him out like, Oh hey Brad Pitt, nice to meet you. Like where were you during production? Like I never I never met you. I never saw you. I thought that was so funny. So um but yeah, Minari was wonderful. But yeah, it, it kind of has like that underlying thing like ah, Brad Pitt's names on it. So Yeah, he's kind of like doing this thing where he wants to be the lovable guy again and wants everyone to kind of like not focus on the fact that he's about to go into litigation with his wife and like not look into yeah. why he's going into litigation yeah. with his wife but like let's not be fooled by the 90s darling kind of thing he's not the brad pitt you used to know like even that brad pitt you used to know you didn't really know him like that and that's another thing with like independent movies having like something more to say something that's a lot more authentic and real and sincere and they see these big pictures that of course like the messaging behind it is good and it's solid messaging but then you kind of look deeper beyond the surface and it's not as great also she said i don't think did as well at the box office as it could have and it didn't also like it's kind of hard to talk about that kind of stuff like sexual assault allegations with big picture studios because you know they don't want to go into like the details so it's kind of like, let's do a PG-13 version of the thing that everybody knows happened, but not really get too into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, That's actually another reason why I liked Women Talking so much is that it, it, it 
you feel the effects of the abuse, but they don't beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no like extended sequences of you seeing it. So um, I thought it was very tastefully done, um, women talking. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to go see it. But the thing is, women talking, it's showing in like <clears throat> where I live. There's always that one theater that shows all the indie movies and it's 24 miles away from me and they only show them at like 7 o'clock at night. So it's kind of like, how am I going to go watch this? So I don't like to pirate independent films. Like I want to give my money to them. I want to pay, but I want to see it too. So it's just kind of like... And that, that's another downside to that film. It's like, it just didn't get the accessibility that I think it deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I really wish it did get a wider release. I think it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, if we're going back to like, I mean, it's not the same subject matter, but if we're going back to a film like Little Women, mm-hmm. directed by Ger- Greta Gerwig and starring Saoirse Ronan and uh, Florence Pugh and Timothy Chalamet, that movie was all over the place. It got nominated for several Oscars. And I think, you know, Women Talking just didn't get that push. It didn't get that yeah. love. But That's very true. It's very true. Um, <clears throat> I am very interested to see Jessie Buckley in this movie because the only other movie I know her from is Men from A24. And I did not see that movie because it did not look good. Also because, like, it's a movie about, like, how women are in danger, but it's written by men and directed by a man. It's like... I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't need the surface level version of like, oh, it's hard to be a woman nowadays. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I I liked how the film kind of sort of addressed that, but then also kind of did its own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not the best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, men could have been something, and it just when you get to where you got, it's like ah, well that happened. And yeah. then for me, I I kind of moved on with my life. But mm-hmm. um, she was good in it. She was good. Yeah, I do have to see Broker. I did see that movie pop up in my YouTube recommended because I do watch a lot of movie trailers just so I can like kind of have an idea of what's coming out. So that is another movie that's coming out in that very, very far away <laughs> movie theater. But the good thing is that like sometimes Hulu has independent movies in their um, catalog. So hopefully Broker will be on Hulu because Shoplifters is. So I'm just hoping that I'll be able to watch it on there. And if not, well, I'll just buy it on YouTube. I'll rent it on YouTube. It's fine. It'll be like three ninety nine. It'll be like, of course, yeah. $20 when the movie's first release. But yeah, no, it's totally worth it, though, especially yeah. if you enjoyed Shoplifters. Uh, Broker's a good time. And, you know, so- Song Sang-ho is so he's great in like every single movie I've seen him in. He's such a great actor. Yeah, he is. There's also an actress in this film, um, Sujin. Which uh-huh. I remember her from Sense Eight. I absolutely nice. loved her in that mo- in that show. Have you ever seen Sense Eight? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Oh my god, I loved it so much. It was um, created by the same sisters that did The Matrix. The okay, Wachowskis. the Wachowski's. Wachowski sisters. Yeah, it was so good so underrated i oh my gosh i don't understand why netflix canceled that show everybody loved it but it was also very expensive to film because they would film it on location and there were different yeah. like the different characters live in different places so, like one character lived in india one character lived in like moscow or like some country russian country like that and then like, they probably didn't want to deal with the budget <laughs> so. 
Yeah, it was probably the budget, but it was it was so worth it. Oh my god. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I feel like that is about it for the podcast. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I don't know why I would finish that. I'm so sorry. Anyways, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Don't forget to check out Loretto. All his things will be in the description below. Don't forget to join the Patreon. Follow us on Instagram. And follow us on Twitter as well. Okay? Thank you so much. You have a lovely day. Okay, I'm going to drop the accent. Okay? Bye!